May I speak to you in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The people of God are in exile. An enemy has entered their lives, destroying their homes, decimating their city, and driving them out of their beloved Jerusalem, far across the desert, and into a strange and unfamiliar land. Countless innocents have died. Many of the Israelites did not live to see their home again. And their temple, their place of worship, their only site to commune with God, was desecrated, leaving only an ashen heap in its place. These are the people for whom the prophet Isaiah writes this morning a people desperate for a sign of hope, a glimmer of the promise that they will not remain in exile forever, that God hasn't forgotten them, that God will bring them back home in God's good time. Now that's not so unfamiliar, is it? We know something about exile, too. We know something about how it feels to be removed from the rhythms of our lives, to be uprooted from our beloved sanctuary, separated from our dearest friends, and unable to practice our daily, weekly, and yearly rituals. Those habits which ground us and connect us to God and to one another. We have remained in our homes, but everything is suddenly strange. It's all gone on so much longer than we could have predicted, and the end is not yet clearly in sight. We, too, ache for a message of hope, a message of comfort and deliverance, a promise that there is life on the other side of this. And so the prophet Isaiah writes for us too, a people of God who find themselves thousands of years later in a new kind of exile. And what do we find in the words of the prophet? Where is our hope? Well, the prophet ensures us that we can hope and trust and depend on an almighty and unchanging God. The prophet Isaiah writes about the God of our ancestors, the God who met Abraham in the wilderness and Moses on a mountain, who made good on his promises to Sarah and Hannah, who led us out of Egypt through the wilderness and into the promised land. This is a God who goes before us to level the mountains, the prophet writes, to form light and create darkness, to make weal and create woe. This is a God who is in control of the cosmos, who has been with us from the very beginning, who is our very beginning. This God is our Father, our Creator, and the author 
of our story. And we know one thing about God's sacred stories. They always end in love. No matter what, God always finds a way to lead his people out of suffering, to guide them from darkness into light, and to help them find their way back home. And God will stop at nothing to get us there. God uses every tool at his disposal to ensure that none of us is lost along the way. In our Old Testament reading this morning, we listened as the prophet imagined God speaking to Cyrus, the king of Persia, whom God has named and called and anointed to bring God's people out of exile in Babylon. Cyrus, though, well, Cyrus has no idea. He has no idea that when he leads the Persians to defeat the Babylonians and free the Israelites, that he is working with the God of Israel. Cyrus doesn't even worship the God of Israel. He doesn't know Yahweh as the one true God. But God uses him anyway to bring his people back home. It is so important to God that his people be released from exile, that God will use whatever and whomever it takes to get the job done. And God says to Cyrus, For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name, though you do not know me. In other words, I love my people so much that I will use anything, any time, any place, anyone, to bring them close to me again. I will not forget them. I will not turn away from them. I will not leave them in exile. God never leaves his people in the wilderness. And how do we know? How do we know that God has not turned away from us forever? Well, remember that this is the God of our ancestors, the God whom we have come to know through the stories of how he came close, impossibly close, to those who came before us. This is the God who stood with Moses and pulled apart the Red Sea so that we might walk to freedom. This is the God who called the bumbling disciples, Peter and James and John and all the rest, and invited those unworthy fishermen to walk beside a miracle. And this is the God we meet on the cross, who uses even death, even suffering, even human wickedness to bring us back to the love of God. See? God's stories only have one ending. They only end in love. So too, 
our story is not over until our story rests in love. Even when our businesses shutter their doors, the story isn't over. Even when we say goodbye to a loved one from behind a mask or through the screen of an iPad as they take their final earthly breath, the story isn't over. And even when the global death toll passed one million lost so far, the story isn't over. Our story, our story stretches on with God far beyond the grave, beyond all endings and into that heavenly country beyond the horizon where we can rest and learn and love and grow in God's unfathomable love. We may yet have many miles to walk before this pandemic is behind us, before our exile is over. And we do not know, we cannot know what exactly is waiting for us on the other side. There is so much we cannot see just yet. But take heart, beloved. Hold on to hope. Have a little faith. Because the story isn't over yet. Amen.